Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. everybody and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan, your show host and business development manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the whole team at Engage, welcome to our weekly show. Today we're talking about copywriting and how to take your business to the next level. Our special guest is going to be sharing amazing and insightful tips and valuable information for you to take your business to the next level. Also, be sure to stick around for our Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week, and we'll be bringing you that tip and that news at the end of the show. You don't want to miss it. If you're joining us for the first time or you've been watching this weekly live stream series, then you need to know that all of this valuable information is brought to you by Engage. Now, we all know that in today's super competitive marketplace, the key differentiator for all businesses is customer experience. Happy customers buy more, they convert faster, they return less, and they remain loyal. So the Engage question to you is, how do you provide your customers with the best possible customer service? Well, you optimize customer experience. First, you make it convenient for them to communicate with you. And second, you give them reasons to trust you and your business. This is where you'll want to check out Engage, the world's only free-forever suite of over 25 smart engagement tools focused entirely on optimizing customer experience to help you grow your business faster and more profitably. With Engage, you and your team can communicate with prospects and customers where they are, when they prefer, and in context across multiple channels, the ultimate inconvenience. Building trust with Engage is a snap. Personalizing conversations and product recommendations conveys the belief that you understand and care about your customers' needs and interests. And of course, that is the essence of trust. So after the show, make sure you pop over to engage.com and have a look at those 25 plus free forever tools. All right, now on to the show. Today we're talking about copywriting and how to take your business to the next level. Our guest expert is all the way from San Francisco, California, home of Riceroni, and he's going to be sharing with us his insightful tips. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, Marissa. It's good to be here. We're so happy to have you here. Now, if you don't know David Garfinkel, you need to know. You need to know who he is. He is a professional copywriter that has written online and print sales copy for clients in dozens of industries. And when it comes to creating copy that generates sales, well, David's highest grossing promotion brought in $40 million for his client. 
So if there's if there's a copywriter out there who knows how to write the copy, to generate the leads, to bring the money, it's David Garfinkel. David is well known for being able to explain concepts and actions of writing copy that otherwise are not understood by everybody. And when he's not busy hosting his weekly podcast called the Copywriter Copywriters Podcast, he is, or when he's not busy writing copy for clients, he is coaching business owners and professional copywriters on how to generate more leads with his proven copywriting methods. Today, he's here. He's here with us and he's here to share with you all of his valuable copywriting tips and tricks to help you take your business to the next level. David, we're all very eager and excited to hear how we can use copywriting tips and tricks that you know to take our business to the next level. So welcome. Thank you. Um, glad to share them with you and uh, appreciate your having me on. Absolutely. If you're watching on LinkedIn Live or Facebook or even on YouTube and you have questions for David, this is a live stream interactive show. Go ahead and leave us any questions you have in the comment section below and we'll answer them right here live on the show. All right, David, let's get right to business. Everybody wants to know all the valuable information you have to share. So, you know, our first question as we get to know you as our copywriting guest expert is, Tell us a little bit how you got into copywriting and then how that transitioned for you into becoming really a copywriting coach and a copywriting expert that now has your own podcast show. How did that all transpire? Yeah. Well, thanks, Marissa. Thanks for having me on. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the way I got into copywriting is I had been very successful as a business journalist. I'd ended up as the San Francisco bureau chief for McGraw-Hill uh, World News Service. And that just wasn't a fit for me. I spent, you know, six years in the wilderness and I came upon a newsletter by a guy named Gary Halbert, very controversial leader, great teacher, great copywriter. Um, and when I read the newsletter, I said, I read it 20 times and I said, I don't know what he's doing, but I want to learn how to do this. As I learned how to do this, I started to become very successful with it. And as you can tell, I like to talk. So uh, <laughs> I kept talking about it. And finally, people said, David, would you teach this to me? And it, that, that never occurred to me. I'd never been a teacher. You know, in fact, I remember teachers in high school told me I should be a teacher. I said, you know, no, not, not that anything, but. But uh, this kind of teaching I really liked. And I, I actually went back to school, got a graduate certificate in evidence-based coaching, really honed it and refined it. And um, I spend more time coaching people these days than I do writing, to be honest with you. Well, that's wonderful because you get to take all of your expertise and you get to not only share that with your clients, but I'm sure when they see the outcome and the leads and the sales being generated from everything they've learned from you, I mean, I'm sure they, I'm sure they come back for more, right? They definitely like that. Yes. Uh, who wouldn't? I mean, I think that's the one thing everybody wants more of. They want more leads. They want more sales. And you know, if whether it's a copywriting trick or a tip or a method that you have to share, or it's something that you've maybe just learned inadvertently through teaching people and almost learning from other people's mistakes. I mean, it makes for certainly some really good content that people can really grasp onto. Yeah. And I'll tell you something really quickly that actually has a lot to do with what Engage seems to be about. 
Um, I mean, Engage is new to me. You and I have known each other for a few weeks, and I guess Engage is a fairly new business. But when you can build trust in long-term relationships, uh, sure, you still want more clients, but your cash flow, the money in the bank, the payroll, the mortgage, um, it's all there because it's the long-term trust. And copywriting spends a lot of energy when it's used, you know, I think wisely to help people develop long-term customer relationships and increased revenue from each customer. Absolutely. As we're all learning, customer optimization, it's a big word, optimization, really is the number one thing when it comes to increasing the leads, generating loyal customers. Loyal customers buy more. They come back. They return less. And I'm hoping today, as we dive into your insights on copywriting, that we can learn how we can incorporate some of your tips and ideas into hopefully our websites, our digital marketing, et cetera. You know, speaking of your coaching, what is the number one thing that you feel your clients are asking you to solve for them? What's the number one problem they're asking you to solve? Well, strangely enough, it's not a technical problem. It's an emotional one. Uh, I mean, I'm not a therapist. It's confidence. And confidence I, I saw the definition recently. It's the appreciation of one's own skills. But I think there's another definition. It's certainty of knowing what to do that will work. There are so many conflicting messages we get about what's going to work in copywriting. And I don't really know what's going to work with brand awareness or being an influencer, but I do know what works in terms of getting more leads and more sales and extending customer relationships. And, you know, the funny thing is people know that, but they also know contradictory things that they hear and helping people sort them out, put them into practice, internalize them, you know, make myelin wrap around their nerves, all of those things, um, really. And, you know, there, there are many, many other things, but I think the thing they have in common is they just want to have more confidence about what to do and even that they're doing the right thing. Would you say that that's really the same scenario, the need for confidence across all the industries you've worked in? I mean, you've worked in, give us an example, actually, of a couple industries you have worked in. And I mean, if you do find that to be the same. The yeah, same. I, I was thinking the one exception is lawyers, and they actually seem to suffer with an excessive amount of unjustifiable confidence. And that's all I'll say, so I don't hear from any of them. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Um, across industries, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the people, strangely enough, the people who take to this most quickly are not the ones who are great at writing, but the mm -hmm. ones who have some experience in selling. Because mm -hmm. copywriting is really the, the spoken language of selling in written form. Makes sense. Makes sense. And so when we are visiting websites, when we're, you know, on social media, there is an underlying need for your message to be conveyed, right? And that's right. I think we'll get into this talk now, but whether that's through photos, whether that's through animation, through video, through words, ultimately the goal is to convey a message. By conveying a message, you then obviously want that call to action to be in your message. And then you're hoping that's going to generate sales. So David, let's get into our talk today. Let's talk about the framework for writing copy on the web. 
And I think what our audience really wants to know is, is two things. And the first thing is how to achieve meaningful engagement, right? With client prospects and, and the demographic, their target demographic. So how do we achieve meaningful engagement? That would probably be the first thing we all want to know. And then we'll get into this in a little bit, but then once we have the engagement, how do we create a specific explicit call to action? How do we get them to click on the product page? How do we get them to leave their email or their contact information or join an email list, right? Because ultimately, once you have engagement, you're pumped, right? But if it's only engagement and doesn't lead to a call to action, well, then you haven't really completed the process. So help us understand, I guess, first, you know, is is writing for the web going to be different? Let's say writing for like a website. I know you do a lot of copywriting on the web. Is that different than other places? Um, so pretty much not. Um, and, and let's define copywriting because people have, you know, they, they have a lot of different understandings of what copywriting means. Um, when I say copywriting, I mean words written down or in a script, which is still written down, but then spoken, um, that lead people to take an action. And the question you've got to ask yourself, and this is hard for some people, is if I can get my own needs and my own business and my own agenda out of the way for a second, I mean, I know in order to run a business, you got to have an agenda and you got to follow it. But if I can get that out of the way for a second, what is it that's going to make someone respond to me, connect with me, engage with me, buy from me? And usually it is that they get a, a comfortable sense, a comforting sense from you that you are aware of a problem they have or a desire that they have and that you can help them solve the problem or achieve the desire. In order to do that, you've got to be more customer focused than self-focused. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I feel like this is a common theme that we're, we're really discovering as we've had these weekly talks. For instance, on LinkedIn, it's not just that digital resume that says, this is all I've done. This is what I do. This is my title, right? right. Whether you're looking for clients or looking to be recruited for a job, the goal is to help people know what problem you're going to solve for them. So as you just shared, copywriting is, it is writing that drives people to an action, but you're saying in your copywriting and in your brand and in your business, you have to be sure that you are presenting a solution for a customer ultimately. Is that right? It's more yeah. about them than it is about you. Yeah. Let me quote a couple of old school gurus. One from the very town that you're in, Minneapolis, Harvey McKay. Uh, who I had the pleasure to meet a couple times a long time ago. Um, Harvey, and I'm not sure this is original with him, and I'm not sure he claims it's original with him. <clears throat> he said, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. And, and so that's one element of it. If I go, hmm, 
you have a problem. <laughs> I can solve it because you're too stupid to solve it yourself. That's not exactly going to endear somebody to you. <clears throat> that that shows <clears throat> uh, a dismissive attitude rather than caring. Um, but if you say, I know you have this problem. I have friends who, okay, I've had this problem myself. I know what it's like. It's terrible. And I combed the earth to find a solution. And I found one that I think might work for you. Let me tell you about it. That's going to set up an entirely different dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> a lot of people are uh, surely not as cold and dismissive as that first caricature that I showed, but they don't take the time to reach out and think about the human on the other end of the transaction who has feelings and is a little suspicious, has been burned before. And so <clears throat> when you want to engage with a prospect, oh, the other thing, the, the second thing, um, and he's not from Minneapolis, he's from somewhere in Utah, maybe Salt Lake City. I don't know if he's still around. Stephen Covey, he said, seek first to understand than to be understood. It was one of his seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. And um, what that means is show people, find out, you know, what's on your customers' minds, what their problems, their obstacles, their challenges, their white whales are, and um, get into that before you start beating your chest about what a great this or a great that you are. Um, I mean, if you if you just this is a lot of this is just common sense. Somehow, when people get into business communications, they throw common sense by the side. They say, "Well, it's not personal; it's business." But remember what the Godfather said: "All business is personal." Now, it doesn't have to be his kind of business, but it's true. I mean, there are certain business-like things. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little more structured and maybe. Uh, emotions are a little more channeled and focused, but it's still business is going on between ultimately one person and another, and then maybe that person's team or colleagues or advisors and others. And we, we tend to lose that. So we need to be able to communicate that, boil it down to, you know, written words. And, um, you know, how do you get someone to click a call to action? Well, it, it, I spent a year teaching people how to do that. But the, the short answer is um, you need to offer them something that's easier to say yes than to say no to and that is totally safe to take a chance on because you'll refund the money or you'll give them a free trial or something like that. Ooh, okay. Well, listen, as we get into this talk, we're going to have lots of comments and questions popping up. So I do just want to take a moment and share a few of the comments that we're getting, David, as we continue. Steve says, looking forward to some valuable insights from David Garfinkel on such an important topic for all businesses. So thank you, Steve, for your comment. Michael T says, thank you. And he's just thanking you, David, for being here today. Corrine says, love watching these weekly programs. Pop up, Michael's. Thank you. And I'll pop up Corrine's love watching these programs. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you have questions for David, feel free to drop them there in the comment section and we'll answer them live on the air. So you just shared that one of your tips then for creating copy that helps to achieve meaningful engagement 
and then ultimately a call to action is to make it, did you pretty much say easy and, and risk-free? Is that pretty much the takeaway that I heard? Well, no, I was talking more about some of the things that will move a person towards um, answering a call to action. Gotcha. It, okay. it, it needs to be, it needs to come across as meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, not entirely new, but, you know, a way to solve someone's problem or give them an aha, maybe with a little twist, something they haven't heard before. Um, most people can't handle entirely new ideas, or maybe they can handle them, but they won't put a lot of stock in them. They'll entertain them as, oh, isn't that cute, but they won't really take it seriously. Now, what about this uh, concept? Now, you and I talked about this briefly when we first had our Zoom together to, to meet and to chat about copywriting. What about the concept of knowing about your business, right? I think you brought up that knowing about your business is not the same as engaging with your business or as your business. What was that kind of thought yeah. that you shared with us? Yeah. So another part of the advertising industry that uh, gets paid differently for different things than uh, we direct marketers do. Um, says just you know, put your name in front of the people. Put your name. Let let people know who you are, um, and that works great for things like Coca Cola and um, McDonald's. And you know, when people already know they're used to buying from, they just need to be reminded. But um, for small businesses, for startups, for niche businesses. That doesn't usually work so well. I'll give you an example. Um, it take a, a few minutes, but I think it's worth telling. I back in uh, it was a long time ago, uh, like early '90s, when I was really first starting getting started copywriting. Uh, I knew of a business in Phoenix, Arizona, that was very popular among its customers. Um, they had a unique business. It was it was um, a, a real money saver for their customers and it was very profitable for them. These days, it would be like totally outdated by the internet, obsoleted by the internet, I should say. But at the time, it was pretty revolutionary. They would go into a small business and put their own ticket printer in. Um, so just they made the business into a travel agency in a way and they would help the people get the businesses get really good deals on travel and really good service and so forth. And they had a handful of clients, but the only way they ever got business was from referrals. So they went to a traditional advertising firm and they got this beautiful uh, eight and a half by 11 glossy thick brochure you know, could have hung in the Museum of Modern Art. It was just <laughs> awesome. But, and they could mail at people and they never hear back. They never hear anything. I mean, their friends would tell them how beautiful it was, but that was about it. So they hired me to write a letter. And what I did is I dug deep into the life of their customers. Their customers and they had found a way to target these people and send letters only to these people. They were recently successful, fast-growing entrepreneurs with fast-growing businesses. And so the letter offered these people a champagne vacation 
winter vacation on a beer bottle budget. And just for meeting with this company, they give them a box of Godiva chocolates. And it doesn't sound like too bad an offer to just be popping in my mailbox. I would take I would take them up on that. Sure. Exactly. And, and a lot of people did. In fact, too many people did. They had to stop mailing the letter. But the funny thing was people came in, they took the chocolates. They never took the vacation. They were entrepreneurs. They didn't have time for a damn vacation. Hmm. But they did like the service. And once they got to know Bonnie, and um, I think Bonnie had been in the travel industry, and Dwayne, her vice president, had also been a... He'd been a VP at two different airlines. I mean, they, and I realized these people knew what they were doing. They were nice. They could deliver on the promise and then some. They hired them. And they generated $40 million worth of business. In those days, the travel agency would take 10%. So that was $4 million in profit. And so the difference is the brochure, the big, beautiful, glossy Museum of Modern Art brochure, um, that probably cost them a lot of money to make, right? A lot of printing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it let people know about their business, mm -hmm. and they could have printed ten times as many and mailed it ten times as often. They wouldn't have gotten any customers. But getting someone to engage with their business, giving the qualified prospect a reason to connect with the business owner, and and so a, a lot of people think. If they know your business, they'll buy from you. And the problem is most of us are not consumer products. You know, most of us are not making products that you'll find on the grocery store shelves. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we might be an Amazon, but like, like we're not well known. We wouldn't show up as product placement in a TV show. Um, and so when you're in the category of being a smaller business um, with a better product, but not, you know, these millions of dollars of publicity behind you and years and years of familiarity, you've got to do something different. And that's, that's what copywriting is about. I love it. That was a great example that you shared and a, a proof in the pudding scenario where copywriting and a personalized letter to the target demographic had a completely different turnout than what that business at the time, right, thought was the right way to market, which was to spend all this money and create this beautiful, high, glossy brochure that really ultimately touched nobody other than, like you said, the friends and family who said, oh, wow, that's really nice. You did a good job. Like, it's like when your mom's the only one coaching you on, like, you did a great job, sweetie, right? Yeah. Um, we have a question, which is a, a super question from Shristi, who is watching. I'll pop the question up and I'll read it to you, David. It says, hi, David and Marissa. David, we usually use an outside-in approach while creating content. Would you also suggest an, in, an inside-in approach sometimes? Basically, also talking about what we have to offer rather than just a, addressing a problem. Okay, so do you know what an outside-in and an inside-in approach means? Because I don't. Oh, Tristy, would you clarify that for us and let us know specifically the outside-in and the inside-in approach? And, and while she's doing that, I'll I'll um, answer the second part of the question. Sure. Um, so, yeah, um, 
in, in, in fact, the second part of the question, talking about what we have to offer rather than just addressing a problem, you can do that through a story rather than a declaration. Um, I'll give you an example. And, and um, I thought about this example for um, the show. One of my clients was a very successful copywriter, a guy named Chris Haddad. And Chris... Um, um, Chris was successful enough and he was networking enough and at events and speaking enough and doing all the good things to promote his business. So he didn't really need to promote his business with copy, but, but, um, compare these two approaches. Suppose he put up a, um, okay, this is going to sound really goofy, but just hang in there with me. Suppose he put up a webpage and said, I can write words that make you lots of money. I'm a copywriter. I've done this, this, this. Am I worked? Okay. One day during a coaching call, he got an email from a guy named Joe Barton, who was a publisher, a client of his, who was waiting on some copy because one of the things about copywriters is we're usually late. Okay. And um, so it said, and it was a very lighthearted message. And it said, when can I expect some new copy from Mr. Moneyfingers? I heard that and I said, that's it. That's your, that's your name. That's your title. That's your brand now. That's, right? that's your brand. Yeah. It, it, that's your brand. And again, this is, this is a brand that is at least as much about the customer and his relationship with his client his customer as about him. Um, Chris actually formed an LLC called Money Fingers Inc. or maybe a C corporation. Mm -hmm. um, um, that wasn't the only thing he did. And eventually he moved from writing copy to writing copy for his own products. He has his own company, um, very successful stuff. But um, the, Usually you want to have something longer than that, but Mr. Moneyfingers, um, it, uh, it, it talks about the solution you provide as well as the problem, mm -hmm. right? In, in two words. I mean, and, and it's better than making that declarative statement of, I can do this for you, you know, <clears throat> beating your chest, excuse me. <clears throat> um, so, uh, not to interrupt you, but Shristi chimed back in. And I think this is great. We're kind of talking about this now. She was yes. saying that outside in is where you talk. And she just had a spelling error. But outside in is where we talk about the problem of the users. So the problem of your client, the problem of your demographic. Inside out is where we talk about our, our offerings. So I guess she was saying, you know, we usually use an outside in approach where we talk about the problems of the users, but would you suggest sometimes using the inside out where you do talk about your offerings? Well, so. I, I think if you only talk about the problems, you're coming across either as someone looking for others to join your pity party, or you sound like a therapist. Um, <laughs> we, we don't normally get attracted to people like that in terms of <laughs> Unless we're, unless we're looking for a therapist. Um, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. But if you do both, if you say, look, I know you have this problem, and then you tell a story about someone who had the problem, and what we found is, and then you can talk about the solution that you have, and we 
you know, we were offering that solution to other people. Obviously, you need to do it a little more elegantly than I just said it. But um, yeah, I, I, I think both. I mean, it, it sounds like Christy has, a, is it Christy is her name? Shristy. Shristy, pardon me, Shristy. Um, Shristy um, maybe has too much empathy and not enough proactivity, you know? Um, and this happens with, with a lot of sensitive people and that's okay. You, you just need to uh, be a little more dynamic in tooting your own horn after you're you know, soothing your prospect and acknowledging them. Well, it's funny you say that. And of course, Shristi, I, he doesn't, I don't think mean that in a negative way, but you were saying at the very beginning of this show and our time together, that confidence is the number one thing that you find your clients need a little bit of help with. And so maybe it's, you know, when you're working with someone like you, David, right, and you're coaching people in copywriting, maybe the key and one of the takeaways today is really learning the balancing act between tooting your own horn, which is the inside out, right? You're talking about what you're offering. You're talking about what you do well. You're talking about the solution versus, you know, talking about the problem and the empathy of your customer. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It, it is a question of balance. I don't think Shristi necessarily has a confidence problem, just more, more of an emphasis, might, but more of an emphasis problem. You know, it, it's, it's sometimes hard to know. You know, you can, you, can, you can hear some advice from somebody that's not giving you the whole story and you can go off too far in one direction. There's just got to be some balance. Right. Uh, we have another viewer tuning in. Jonathan wants to say hello to us. Jonathan, thank you so much Hi, for Jonathan. tuning in. He is tuning in from the Berkshires. I think Shristi is tuning in from India. Steve is in Florida. Michael, let us know where you're watching from. And I think Corrine is joining us from Connecticut today. So if you're just joining us, this is our weekly show produced by Engage. It's called Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts. Today's expert is David Garfinkel. He is a professional copywriter who has helped some of his clients make multi-million dollars uh, in lead generation and sales based on some of the programming and copywriting that he's helped them with. He's also the founder and creator and host of the Copywriters Podcast. We'll share that link in just a few minutes in case you want to learn more about copywriting or if you want to reach out to David, we'll definitely share his website at the end of the show as well. And don't forget, we have the Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week happening in just a few minutes. But let's, let's kind of wrap up our conversation here, David, because there's a few other things I think that you can share some insights on in terms of copywriting. And one question that I think our audience would love more information or, you know, some ideas on from you is how to use a story to illustrate, right? To illustrate maybe how a product is used or to illustrate, you know, a concept, right? Because as we were saying, there's different ways for people to market. It's through photos, it's through animation, through videos, but through words. So how important is it for people in the digital marketing arena to use stories to illustrate? It's, it's absolutely important because um, when you use a story to illustrate as opposed to a story more like a police report where you just have fact after fact after fact, 
Um, when it, when it's totally factual, it um, does not stimulate the imagination and does not reach the more emotional parts of your prospect. When, I mean, if you think about the story that I told, for example, with Abacus Travel, and you could, you know, imagine their brochures. I was describing this wonderful glossy brochure, and you could imagine the people coming in and receiving their good diet chocolates, and you could imagine a ticket printer being, right? It became more real for you. Um, and so what we want to do, we can, if, if you can tell a story about something that happened where a problem uh, was resolved into a solution or a, a long desired goal was achieved. And you can do it either with word pictures, like I, I was just doing with uh, Abacus or, and this, you know, gets more difficult and more expensive if you can actually show a video. The, the thing with video is there is some pressure. Well, it's, it's kind of half, half and half. There's some pressure for it to be very professional at a, at a broadcast level. But these days, even on broadcast TV, especially on news shows, at least on cable news, you'll see um, uh, people, you know, in Zoom calls with grainy pictures, you know, low-powered Wi-Fi. So there's um, – but it, it is producing video – for me anyway, for most people that I know, takes a lot longer, costs a lot more. But if you can do that, it's very, very powerful because people can look at someone else experiencing the relief, maybe the joy, the pride of a solution or of a goal achieved. And they can identify with that person. They can say, that could be me. I, I need to check this out. Absolutely. I think video is one of the most powerful forms of communication. And during this pandemic, we have all seen the power of video. We've all seen the power of the power of humanization and humanizing as we have these Zoom calls and we're really changing our lifestyle to pivot and turn and adapt to the pandemic and everything that that's done. So I think that you're right. The power of words, the power of a visual, very important. You know, Engage has 25 free forever tools that small businesses, large businesses, really any size business can use to help grow and scale. But they also have options like additional services. We actually have a media company. So say they have an idea for a great video that they would love to put on their website, but they're watching us right now going, yeah, I'd love a video on my website. I don't know how to do it. Well, guess what? You hire somebody like David to help you write the copy right? Figure out the story you want to tell in that video. And then our media team, boom, like can whip up a video for you. And it doesn't have to be as hard and as overwhelming as I think sometimes people, you know, think it has to be. Or like you said, David, nowadays, kind of anything goes because people are just so receptive to video and they're receptive to pictures telling stories, right? Yeah. And you don't have to be intimidated by the high gloss um, produced commercials that you see on TV. Um, you know, th that's, that's for a business in a different category. Um, you just want it to be clean and professional, the audio to be good and 
Yeah, uh, but it, it can be pretty simple. Uh, what do they call it? Cinema verite, you know, just out of real life. That that works. That works. Well, let's take a moment and wrap up some of these tips and insights that you've shared with us today, because if people are just tuning in, we're going to have the replay of this show on the Engage LinkedIn page, also on Facebook. So they'll be able to go back and watch the show from the beginning. But let's talk first and just kind of wrap up our first kind of part of our talk today, which was really about creating engagement, right? That's obviously the number one thing that copywriting is used for, and that is for meaningful engagement. And how do we achieve that meaningful engagement, David? What's the what's the the tip of the day on how we make that engagement meaningful? Well, you want to create a sort of magnetism, um, and the magnetism is that you are attractive. You have something somebody wants because mm-hmm. you understand what they want, whether it's to solve a problem, and you give them a way to connect with you whether it's to opt in, to get a special report, to have a discovery call, to get in your email list, to what, you know, whatever it is. Um, so th- that, that's, that's what engagement, I mean, engagement doesn't just mean, gee, I found that engaging. It, it means that the person has taken an action um, to get closer to having a business relationship with you. That makes sense. And then, as, as you're dropping it right here, it's so important in your copywriting to have that call to action. What's a tip that you can give us for, you know, how to achieve once you've gotten their attention, you've let them know that you are the solution, you know, to the problem. Like Shristi asked one of our viewers, maybe you are the solution and you're also providing, um, or excuse me, you, you understand their problem, right? And then you're providing a solution. What's a way to really drive home the the call to action? Well, um, there's a couple things. The first thing is you've got to make it easier to say yes than to say no. So, you know, if you have a, a coaching program like I have that's in the five figures, uh, you don't want to say, send the check here. You know, mm, no, the, the, you want to say, you want to say, let's talk to each other and see if it's a fit. And, you know, you, you want to, so small steps. Um, the, the other thing is you need to make it simple and again, confident without being overbearing. Um, uh, you know, just click the link below, you know, just click the button to, you know, and I'll see you on the other side. Really simple. So so tone and words really make an impact when you're like, if that was a video and you just said it like that, David, click the link below. Like you were very confident. You didn't sound bossy. You didn't sound arrogant. I'd be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? So if it's a video, the tone makes a difference, you know, and if it's something that they're reading, the word choice makes a difference as well. Right. And keep it simple. Don't let it get complicated. Don't say if you're over 35 and you're left-handed, then click on the button. Go to the bottom of the page and find a dinosaur. <laughs> no, just, right, exactly. So, yeah. Great takeaways. And, you know, right away when you were sharing the example of maybe somebody who does coaching or consulting, you share the example of, okay, well, if they do have a full program and it is a five-figure kind of investment, this is why I see many coaches and consultants sometimes offering a free 
you know, like two day, you know, class. It's like a hint of how they would coach you and teach you. Cause then that also gives somebody a chance to almost vet that it's a good match. Make sure. sure that they have a connection with you and chemistry. The last thing you, someone wants to do is drop five figures for a, a coach and then say, well, I couldn't even understand a word he said, right? His accent was so thick or the way he talked annoyed me. I couldn't even focus, right? So offering something to a client or to a consumer that is less of a less of a risk and less of a, you know, scary commitment, really. Right. You want to keep the risk as low as possible. And, you know, as you engage, you'll know, they'll know if it's a fit or not. If you have something of value, you'll get the right people. This makes me think of a recent uh, campaign that I saw on social media. And it was for a particular snack bar, but the snack bar was like a caffeinated, very healthy, organic. I love, I said caffeinated and healthy and organic in the same sentence, but it really was, I promise. Uh, And it was, like you said, very simple. The wording was easy. The wording was confident. It actually promoted what the, you know, problem would be, promoted what the solution would be. The solution is this great snack bar that's got a little punch of caffeine, also very natural ingredients. Right away, I identified that this might be a solution to my need, right, at three o'clock in the afternoon. And they made it so easy. Instead of committing to an entire, you know, 24 pack of these bars with maybe a $25, $30 price tag, it was like, pay for shipping and we'll send you a whole assortment of samples, maybe like four samples, six samples. And all you're paying is like $1.99 for shipping. Did you order it? Did I order it? You're darn right. I ordered it. It was easy. I got a chance to sample the product. I didn't feel like $1.99 was stressing me out. And it was buying it through a social media app. I'd never shopped through before. So you got, I think you have to keep that in mind too, David. And I know you do, but you know, all of our viewers here, the one thing that we talk about with our platform engage is optimizing the customer experience. And I think we all have to remember whether you are a coach looking for new clients, whether you are someone who has created maybe a a, a scrub or some sort of homeopathic product, like a spa product, so you do have an actual product, you have to remember where your customer is shopping that, you know, it might be their first time shopping on that platform. So that's another reason why you want to make it as little risk as possible because they may already be hesitant to put their credit card number in to a new place. So that I think is just a really good thing to keep in mind, right? Yes. Yeah. All all of those things are good. I mean, I I love what you're saying and how you guys emphasize optimizing the customer experience because these days that's so much about what it's all about. Absolutely. Happy customers, as we always say, they buy more, they return less, they become loyal. And as we all know, a negative review, a negative experience travels three times as far right? Than a positive experience. So when you create a world where your customer is having a wonderful experience for them to even just tell one or two people really, really can help your business. Oh, absolutely. That's what you want to do. Absolutely. Well, David, we really enjoyed having you here today to share some of your interesting and valuable insights on copywriting. Oh, thank you. I, I enjoy being here. I love speaking with you. It's such an interesting world because I don't know about all of you guys watching, but sometimes you hear the word copywriting and you think, eh, like 
snooze fest, right? But people don't realize that it is really copywriting that is behind almost all of our purchases, all of the consumerism in the world. Copywriting is what keeps us on a website, right? Keeps us on an app, keeps us scrolling and reading. So copywriting really is the essence of really beginning the customer optimization experience. Communication and copywriting are those two two big things. Well, the, the funny thing about copywriting, I guess like music in movies, is mm-hmm. when it's done well, it's invisible. You know, it, it, it so draws you into that customer experience you're talking about that you don't think you're reading copy. You think that these people are communicating. They're like with you. talking right to you. Which they are. Yeah. If they're doing right. it right. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, David, it's been a pleasure to have you. I don't want you to go anywhere just yet. We're going to share your contact information with our audience so they know where to reach you. But just a reminder, once uh, David and I wrap up our talk, I'll be bringing you our Engage News of the Week. So don't go anywhere. This week, we're going to share a tip on LinkedIn and how you can get more leads from something called a product page. I'm going to share that in just a minute. But before I share that with them, David, let's go ahead and share your best way for people to reach you. And I believe that would be your website, right? Yeah. Garfinkel Coaching. Great. So it's going to be garfinkelcoaching.com. What can people expect to find when they get to your website, David? Are there any specific things you'd like them to kind of focus on, click on? Can they leave their information for you or is there a more information? Well, there, there are some descriptions of my programs and there are little applications if, if it's something they want to do. And I think there might be a couple articles on there. And there's also a link to subscribe to the notification uh, email list for my podcast on the website. There's the call to action that we were just talking about. Perfect. And, uh, you know, we may have talked a bit or two before our show about your podcast. And, you know, based on the equipment in the kitchen behind you, (laughs) you take take it very seriously. So I do with our, our audience how they can find your podcast. Yeah, it's just copywriterspodcast.com. It's um, for copywriters, would-be copywriters, and business owners who are open to and maybe prefer direct response copywriting as a way or the way to get new customers and get get business from existing customers. Awesome. And when do you air your show? I'm sure they can listen to the replays on the website, but when do you go live with your podcast? We don't do it live. Everything is recorded and produced. Um, um, I don't know why it ended up that way, but but I'm I'm fine with it because uh, I end up looking a lot smarter. I actually was going to say, I think I just made the faux pas because I think all podcasts, I'm used to live streams. So we go live and then we have the replay, but I think all podcasts are actually recorded and then- Right. Uh, well, uh, most of them are. I mean, some of the heavy duty ones like Joe Rogan, if you've ever seen him, I think he does that live. And then most of the but, you know, um, w- um, my producer is the one who keeps track of the stats. And he says that most of the listens come in in the first week, but another 50 percent of, of the first week comes up after three weeks. So. People, wow. you know, the great thing about podcasts is you can listen to them, you know, when you're at the gym or when you're driving or working out or taking a walk or in cleaning the, bathtub. the in the bathtub, especially in the bathtub. My podcast in yes. the bathtub because you can't go anywhere, right? That's right. You got to do something. 
Yeah. Well, David, it has been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and valuable information. And thanks for uh, just giving us your time today. We all really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you, Marissa. Don't go anywhere because I'm going to share with you now our Engage News of the Week. If you're not familiar, at the end of every show, we share with you our Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week. And it's either a piece of news or a tip in the digital world that can really help you when it comes to generating more leads, communicating with your customers, optimizing their experience, or just looking better online, right? Who doesn't want to look better online? Well, today we're going to talk about a new feature on LinkedIn. It is the lead gen form for product pages. So what that is, it's a new LinkedIn feature that's going to allow you to generate more leads. So now you can access the 720 million strong LinkedIn audience and generate leads at no cost. Just complete the products tab on your company page and then add a lead gen form. The LinkedIn lead gen form system automatically fills the details in of the user into the form. After clicking on a product, their details are added to the form, so they're only one click away from becoming a lead. Now, what does this mean? This means that because the form is already filled out, they don't have to put in their information, so they're more inclined to click through and not be bothered or stop because they have to put in all their contact information. You hear me? So in today's marketing environment, it's all about optimizing the customer experience. We talked about that today. And that means providing convenience and the new lead gen forms on the LinkedIn product pages do just that. So check that out. That's a new feature on LinkedIn. It's the LinkedIn product lead gen form, and it is this week's digital marketing news of the week. I'm your host, Marissa Morgan. I really hope you enjoyed this week's show and our guest, David Garfinkel. If you're just tuning in or you missed the show or have colleagues who you think would benefit from all of David's insights, you can find the replay of this show on the Engage LinkedIn page and also on the Engage Facebook page as well. I'll go ahead and pop our LinkedIn company profile page up for you now if you'd like to visit us or screenshot that and visit after the show. And also just a quick reminder that if you have any topic suggestions you'd like to ask the experts or you would like more information on the Engage platform, you can contact me directly. My email is marissa.m at engage.com. If you're just tuning in and you're not sure what Engage is or if it's the right tool or platform for you, all I have to say is you want to go over to Engage.com at the end of this show and check it out. It is 25 or and more actually, it's 25 plus free forever tools to help you optimize the customer experience. Tools to allow you to communicate with your customers where they are, when it's convenient for them, tools to help build loyalty, and even tools if, just like we talked about in today's show, you're interested in creating media and commercials for your website, we've got a whole media team to help you with that need as well. So check out Engage.com. And again, on behalf of myself and our entire team here at Engage, I want to welcome, I want to welcome you. Woo, it's been a long show. I want to thank you so much for joining us and welcome you back to our next show, which will be next Monday, May, or next, next Tuesday, May 4th. Make sure you join us live on LinkedIn Live and also on Facebook for our biweekly show. 
Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you soon. Cheers.